You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Bob, Tom, and Patrick. I'm Patrick, Tom, and Bob. And I'm Tom, Bob, and Patrick. Oh, pretty good. Pretty good, fellas. Good improv. Good fellas. You ever watch Goodfellas? Have you seen the show The Sopranos? <laughs> Yo, I so, want to ask you guys this. Two very good friends of mine have never watched Godfather 1 or 2. Is that uh, like okay? How old? Uh, our age. That's not okay. Yeah, it's probably not okay. I mean, if you like movies, some people just don't like movies or don't like music, and I don't understand those people. But if you don't, if you're like, if you consider yourself like, I like a good movie, you should definitely watch those too. Yeah, I'll say this. There's also something to like, like I'm, you know, I'm not the most literate dude, and I'm trying to read Faulkner right now, and I'm finding it to be the most grading thing I've ever done in my life. And but that's like a dude that's considered a classic, you know, like that's classic literature. So somebody out there would tell me that I have to read it, but like, I wouldn't tell a kid to read that. I'd be like, no, 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 don't worry. What do you read? What's that? What Faulkner are you reading? Absalom, Absalom. Oh, wow. All right. Good luck with that. Tom, what were you saying? (laughs) But I don't, I don't think the Godfather is like, is like reading Faulkner. No. I mean, to, but to, to certain people's sensibilities, it is. If you like, if you just want to like smoke weed and watch Tim and Eric, I bet the Godfather is like a drill to your head. Right. But if you're fucking with like the Sopranos and Goodfellas. Well, so yeah, here's, I think Goodfellas one of them- is like, Goodfellas is like speed. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's not, the Godfather is, is slow. Like, Goodfellas is one of the most watchable movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Here's my question. One of them I think is apprehensive because of the is the godfather just an italian stereotype mob movie because to me i almost feel like the italian part other than the like spoilers on godfather part two people (laughs) uh, other than the parts where they go to italy i'm not like reading it like calzone you know like it's it's like (laughs) you could take the ethnicity out and i'd i think it's just a really well done movie you know yeah well I'll say this. I, I didn't know that anybody felt strongly about the Italian thing, uh, except uh, John Acruti, uh, famous comic book dude, been around mm-hmm. a long, long time. He, he's got a Patreon, <clears throat> and he just tells classic, pretty much like late 80s stories, uh, yeah, sometimes mid-80s stories, mm-hmm. Dark Horse, Early Days, that sort of stuff. And he feels really strongly about the Italian thing. Like He does not fuck with negative depictions of Italians at all. And it's, it's a big issue for him in his career. He works against it whenever he can. And he's like a very smart man and I enjoy his writing and I'm reading this, the intensity and going, I had no idea that any Italians felt this strongly about negative Italian representation. I know that it's a thing every time a mobster movie comes out, I get that there's somebody that feels that way, but I had no idea that it was, you know, you could find like a 55 year old man or a 60 year old man who that's his, 
that's his politics basically is, is fuck negative Italian stereotypes. Uh, well, I think it's, it's, I think what's more offensive to me or maybe even other people I know is the, the buy-in from people, the like celebration of these negative stereotypes, like the, yeah, that's what it's like. Uh, you know, like, it's more like, oh, man, just stop. Just well, it, people it just are goes people. Back to the conversation that we had last we episode Thank you, about uh, the band from Morocco. Awfully. Yes, Talkbear. Right? Uh, yeah, Talkbear. Because I am technically Irish American. I've been to Ireland, but certainly, if I, I think that if I if I was a little too Irish, pe- uh, people from Ireland might go, "What's this? What's uh, what's this fellow about?" You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's like you're trying too hard. Yeah, like you're trying too hard. Like Italian Americans. I'm not saying they're not Italian. Obviously, they are. And also, for anybody curious about history, Italians had a really rough fucking go at one part of our Americans is America's history. But I just don't. I don't know. Like, is there too? I sometimes think that the stereotype is coming from inside the house. That's all I'm saying. Can you like, do the <laughs> do your do your brogue again? Yeah, it was. It was something. It it, it, it was. Uh, Let's see. Oh, what's uh, what's this fellow about? <laughs> That's too good. Yeah, we're all fucking Irish people are really fucked up in that movie, and nobody, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, haven't been all right. Have, so going to Ireland. So years back, I went to Ireland with my with my family mm. about ten years ago at this point. Um, because we want, you know, my mom is like from our, so we wanted to be like, hey, show us like where our grandfather came from. Well, you know, for sure, and like. My grandfather and like my family had some not my grandfather then, but some of my other family members had like IRA ties, mm. Mm. and uh, so like we were in I forget what town it was either Galway or Donegal, and my dumb sister was like, "Let's go in this bar," and I was like, "I don't think we should," and she was like, "Nah, it'll be fine. Like we're Irish, it's cool," <laughs> and we walked in there. The fucking record skipped because it was like a full on like. For lack of a better term, like a rebel IRA bar. Oh, yeah. and like they're not really psyched on Americans either. So like we walked in, I was like, so now it's my mom, my fucking eighty-year-old uncle, my little sister, and me. <laughs> and I'm like, we'll take the, as soon as I walked in, I was like, we'll get that check going now. Like we'll just get out of here. <laughs> my sister's like, what's the problem? And I'm like, I'm going to get beaten by seventeen guys named Padraic. Can we get yeah. the fuck out of here, please? It's feeling it's feeling a bit uh, sectarian in the room. I mean, it was literally like when you walk in, you're like, "Oh, fuck." Okay, so now you can't turn around and like just walk out. Yeah. So you have to be like, "I'm just gonna have like a pint," and just have you know. It was fucking. But like you were saying, like being too much of something, like you're trying too hard. Mm. That was when I felt that, and I had like douche chills and sort of like, "We're gonna die." But but I mean, part of the problem was you you walked in with a uh, plastic St. Patrick's Day green hat, I think, right? <laughs> right, and I, with the, with the built in um, beard. <laughs> kiss the kiss me, I'm Irish that uh, y- you uh, now typically see on uh, homeless people. Yeah, the novelty tea. Um, <laughs> yo, uh, for for more Irish tales from Axe Grind, find the episode where Patrick talks about saving a life in Ireland. Um, True, guys, yeah. let's get into the sponsors. <laughs> yes. Kick us off. Which one okay, of us? Let's, let's see. Who who do you? I'm I'm going to kick us off. Are you ready? Boom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd like to talk about to live a lie. Okay, and this is coming. 
this is not firsthand information. This is gossip. Is it true they've got they've got six two five thrash zip hoods? Is that is that a fact? That's true. Yes, they do. So, a lot of our listeners probably know six two five, but maybe some don't. Mm. This is they never put out a record that I particularly enjoyed. I don't think uh, I shouldn't say that. I should probably look. You should but, look. Yeah, I should look. There's probably something. Yes, but in the same way that I love my Drop Dead shirt, even though I listen to Drop Dead three times a year, if that. Right. These things are part of your history. 625, really impactful label. And I'm not saying that like this might be trying too hard, but it's sometimes worth looking into those things that shape the culture that you say you value. So I, I actually love that they've got these hoods. I think that's cool. And they look great. Uh, in addition, they've got uh, two new tape comps. Yes. Uh, they're cover compilations, uh, Sincere Flattery Volume 1 and 2. Uh, that is, is that brand new? Yeah, it's up for pre-order right now, actually. Yeah, all right. So everybody check that now and take the, take the Patrick Challenge. Mm. Listen to some 625 ba- uh, bands. Mm. Those releases. Yo, we're going we're gonna to hold you to that. We're putting you up. Uh, and we're expecting not next episode, but the episode after that, we'll give you a little time to report back on your six to five findings. Okay. Yeah, I could look, I could go through the discogs right now. I bet I could find at least one record that I like, but I'll give everything. I'll give everything a cursory. Listen, just go through the entire discography. No big deal. Um, I mean, it'll take, it'll take only three hours, so it's fine. Go to, to liveali.com, fill that cart and let them know who sent you. Tom, what do you got for us today? I have two things. I mean, do you want? I can speak about both if you'd like, of or course. if you want me to just save one. Hit, hit us with both. Yeah. We're okay. bold. We're, we're splurging. Sure. All right. So uh, I'm talking about Run for Cover. Run for Cover um, Records dot com. Run for Run for Cover Records dot com. Got some stuff in the works. I'm very happy to hear. Um, so two things. Uh, they just did a reissue of. The uh, the new the most recent Wiccaphase record, mm. um, called Sufferon, which um, this so it's it's um, it comes so the, the the original record is 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 one of the records and the second record is like demo like kind of bedroom recordings of um, the record. Mm. So I think so. I was listening to this and I was talking to Alex about Alex Casey about this and I was like, "Do you fuck with Bright Eyes?" And he's like, "No, not really." And I was like, if you love Wiccaphase, you would love Bright Eyes. And a while back, a while back, probably like fucking 15 years at this point, um, Bright Eyes put out two records simultaneously. And it kind of gave me this vibe. So one was more kind of um, like like electronic beat driven, okay. but like with acoustics and stuff like that. And then was more, one was more like kind of folksy. Um, and oh, this, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. It was um I'm, I'm wide awake. It's morning, and the other one was uh, digital uh, ash and a digital urn. Yes, perfect. Yes, but I feel like those kind of are like if you if you're an older person, um, and you're familiar with those records, you would definitely like this record because it kind of scratches both of those itches. Um, songs are really fucking good, and I think the jerks that would go see Adam and yell Tiger Shaw songs. Now you can shut the fuck up because he's, he's got songs 
that are as good, if not better than any of this, you know, listen, and, Adam, Adam's chosen to do a type of music that not everybody loves, but the dude is a fucking very, very capable songwriter and very and talented. Think, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, like, look, I can't make, I can't make somebody get into Wicca phase anymore than I can get in, get them into the Godfather part two. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But on some level, you got to say, oh, but this person's so talented that they're going to they're gonna hit it at some point. You know what I mean? So if, if they do enough things, I'm going to find something of interest. Uh, right. And, and that's where this falls for, I think you're right, a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, if you've heard earlier stuff and you weren't totally into it, it was a little too kind of beat driven, whatever, whatever, you know, a little too rapish almost for some of our older folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you cannot go wrong with this, this, the suffer on record, both versions, the, the studio version and the kind of bedroom recording version. Yeah, that's actually, a, uh, that's a good sell. I'm very curious to hear the more bedroom version. The acoustic it's really cool. I mean, the, the songs just, it shows you how good the songs are. Yeah. Cause they're just him and acoustic. You know, it's like a lo-fi recording. It's 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 cool. It's definitely worth picking up. Um, and then the new band that we want to talk about was Sun June. Yeah, Sun June. Have you guys listened to this record at all? I have not. I listened, I listened to a couple tracks, actually. All right, I'm old. And so correct me, and I apologize to anyone who disagrees with me on this. But listening to this, it scratched an itch for me um, of two uh, artists that I love very dearly. Um, Cat Power. Yes. And Feist. Oh, mm. yeah. Great I love those Feist records. And this kind of struck me along the same lines. It's like kind of indie rock, very nice, pleasant listening. Yeah. Great musicianship, glad- great vocals. I, that's what it reminded me of upon first blush. I'm really glad you dove on this one because I had I caught those same vibes and I didn't I couldn't point to what I was thinking in my head. And you're right. I think Cat Power and Feist are, are great spots for it. So, uh, and yo, I love those Feist records. Not all yeah, of them, but but a couple like the ones I'm familiar with. Yeah, Let It Die and the Reminder. Bang, bang, bang. Um, and Sun June definitely gives me those vibes. The record is somewhere, right? Yes. Just making sure of that. Yes, it's called Somewhere. Sun it's the most recent thing that they put out. Um. But yeah, if you if if you're into any of that sort of stuff, I can highly recommend it. Um, I'm like you know, if you listen to Blacklisted, you've heard him talk about Sean Marshall, so you know how much Sean Marshall eulogy. That's it. Um, For some reason that lyric was in my head today for no reason. Well, they then you your your subconscious was trying to tell you this is what the vibe you're getting. I think you're right. Uh, um, that's your subconscious, like Vinny Stigma would say. <laughs> you don't so, get in that car. That's your subconscious. Tom, where do I got to go for this? <laughs> you got to go to runforcover.com. Runforcoverrecords.com? Oh, runforcoverrecords. I'm such an idiot. Sorry. I was too it's busy okay. doing it's my okay. thing. We, we get excited. We're doing the feist thing. We're talking. We're getting excited. Um, shout out to our other two sponsors, Close Casket Activities, Deathwish Inc., all our homies. Support them. Appreciate you. Guys, what's going on? How you doing today? We're doing. Um, I'm up forty dollars on the day. Feeling good. Made seventeen since we started talking. So Oof. everything's cool. Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm day trader Patrick now. It's uh, it's it's the uh, career pivot. Um, gamer Patrick is uh, is just morphed into day trader Patrick. Not that different if you play a certain type of game. 
You know, uh, remember that band I'm, Day Trader? Uh, vaguely, yes. They were from the island. island. Yeah. Amazing. Went away just as quickly as it came. Great record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll revisit. I, I am. I'm fascinated by this. This is uh, for people that got uh, into the GameStop thing a month ago or whatever it was. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of pe- a lot of maybe young people turned on to uh, finance stuff after that because there's a certain excitement to it. It, it definitely I like. I, I talked to my father about this shit, but I try not to too much because he's a recovering gambler. And this, I was this is about to ask this about is, that. This is purely gambling. Yes. Like for anybody curious, you can actually, oh, it's you legal. can a- actually, gambling. you can make, uh, you can uh, get in position minute to minute if you're on the right platform. Oh, that yeah. means that you are doing minute to minute bets on if the market will, will, will uh, go up or go down. That's insane. That's gambling. <laughs> it's so, 100% uh, gambling. 100% it is, gambling. It is. Uh, I, my goal is to reach $100 a day. Um, if I can do that, that would be like a really nice supplemental income. I'm a guy who s- spends a lot of time in front of a computer anyway. Uh, so it would be a nice thing to get good at. I'm currently, I've only been doing this really for two days. And uh, my average across those two days and today is not done would probably be about 50 bucks. Um, if, so if I can, if I can even get 50 bucks, like it would be awesome to pay for my lunch every day on oh, a beautiful, uh, right? on a trade. That would be fantastic to do. Tom, so, your apartment is a sitcom. like i wish they like if anyone's looking for like new new content for like cbs or whatever you should just record these two knuckleheads yo i want to ask you something tom do you know what it's called uh it's it's both a a mathematic term but it's used a lot in sports when you know a week into the season somebody's like oh you know uh uh, i think it's called linsanity T- Tito or T? No, uh, I'm, who am I thinking of? Uh, who's the uh, Padres um, shortstop? Oh, he just um, uh, 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 Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis is uh, in a slump, uh, one one for fifteen since the season opened. What do we call that when when somebody's talking about uh, you know limited data? Oh, it's a small. Um Small sample size. Small sample size, yes. Oh, yeah. There's a very small sample size here. I love, Patrick, I love you giving us your daily averages two days in. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep the whole listenership invested. I'm gonna, Yo, I'm you stick say, with this for a week. I'm sending you a whiteboard so you can track yourself, your daily, you oh, know. We're gonna what do you use? Are you using Robinhood? So here's the deal. Robinhood only, I'm trading cryptos and the only, uh, Robinhood only carries like six of them uh, and not the ones that have noobs. like, yeah, yeah, it's for noobs. Uh, but their, their uh, take is like pennies on the dollar basically. Mm-hmm. So it's much preferable, even if it's like, even if it's a pretty clunky, I mean, it, it, to be honest, it works far better than something like Coinbase, but it, it is a, uh, it's kind of clunky in that it doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but the stuff that comes with the bells and whistles, the fees that you hit you hit you with, like, look, there was in the last, I don't know, maybe since we started talking, definitely when, before we started talking, uh, there, before we started recording, there was a couple opportunities for me to make just 10 bucks and be out. Right. 
but the fees reduce that to basically I'd be walking away with a dollar forty. So like you have to always like the the idea with these platforms is that you're you're you have a lot in there and you're not taking it out. <laughs> and yeah, you're just riding it all the way through. Well, no, some of these people are day trading, but they're not taking it off the platform. They're not taking the money. No, they're moving it. They're moving it. Bounce, move, bounce, move. Uh, Right. You brought up a great point, I think, on air. If not, you know, we can reiterate. But the the influx of potentially young people who are computer literate and quick with a trigger to get involved in this world is pretty fascinating, especially if we start seeing people get organized. You know, um, the Reddit thing kind of exploded, but a lot of these currencies, a lot of these stocks, it takes a bunch of money to move big things, but little things, little things can just take a few hands in there pushing. So, uh, I'm very, I'm very excited to see where all this goes in the gambling world that is (laughs) day trading over the next couple of years. I think, I honestly think it's fascinating. I don't have... I don't even really like money that much. <laughs> like, right. I, I, like, I, like I, I like it obviously, but I, I'm not like terribly money driven. I will say that there is a whole culture of very, very spectrumy kids. And I do mean kids like, you know, still in their teens basically who are gaining and losing 70 grand a year f- from their computers just right. sitting at home being strange. Right. And I'm not sure that's great, but it is better than them sitting at home doing dabs, I bet. Yo, let's let's uh let's cut it there and talk moshing and hardcore. Okay, sure. Cuz that's another thing we hope teens are doing in their house uh while they're home doing other shit. Um <clears throat> I want to I want to shout out uh, a longtime listener Shane who uh I spent a good part of yesterday morning clearing out our email inbox. Tom, do you like it when the inbox gets clean like that? Yes, because sometimes it? I look and I go, I want to respond to these because it's been, it's sat here for like four days. Yeah. But I know you're going to get to it, but I get yeah. a little anxious. No. I, so I, I they're very organized. We have a very organized inbox. I want to thank a woman you who I've worked, with years, worked with years ago. I don't keep my personal inbox this clean, but I, I recommend it to people. She basically would sort things into to months, but then put them in quarter folders and then into years. So then it was just all filed away and just like, boom, 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 and kept it as clean as possible. So your inbox was clean. It's a uh, OCD thing, but it certainly feels nice. Uh, but as we were doing the cleanup, Shane sent us an awesome email called fans. <clears throat> what is, and he basically, he's just, Shane is the best, but I don't. I, I got the gist of what he was saying, but what he said here isn't right. My opinion on the worst fans, regardless of whether or not the thing is cool. Uh, we'll use some of his examples as we go through, but I think both of you guys have felt this. When the fan base of a thing, whether it's a movie, TV show, music, hardcore, almost puts you out. And it's not even the thing. It's just the fan base. Sure. Is that, I think we, we all acknowledge that's a real thing, right? 100%. 1,000%. Is it fair? So no. The artist or the art? Oh, no. no. Hell no. 
<laughs> Correct. Uh, but it is what it is, and today we're going to talk about that. Um, do you guys have anything like this that, that jumps out? I mean, I'll throw one out right away. Um, social distortion is oh, yeah. so much better. Like this is we we've hit this before, but man, uh, if I put on the self-titled social distortion record, I'm like, oh, there's some songs. It's a little long, but there's some songs that I certainly like, and they have a few tracks overall. Oh, I mean that. There's a record, white light, white heat, white something, white right? trash. Yeah, that's actually a really good rock record. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think they're number one in this category across the board. They're right but like, there. I don't know if like I, I, I would never go see them on my own volition because of the people that like them. So let's. And for, that's probably dickish on my side, but like, no, yo, but you're, but I think. I think a solid 85% of the people listening are nodding along, agreeing, because uh, I certainly am. Uh, Singer of Social Distortion is Mike Ness. Mike Ness, right? Yes. Yep. Truth told, his weird cover record from the late 90s, I don't even hate that. I don't even think it's terrible. Do I think it's cool? No, it's fucking opposite of cool, but I don't think it's bad. Now, what is the social distortion fan? Psychobillies, rockabillies, yeah, all of the above. Punks who were right. over forty in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, uh, you know. retired punks, dad yeah. punks, leather jacket, real leather jackets, not dad leathers, but like real leather jackets, uh, and it's definitely a, a beer gut. You know, I mean, they've sold more. Um, Band jackets and probably any band I know. <laughs> the guy with the, the skeleton with the martini glass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, actually, I, I, uh, I have insider information on this. Uh, we have a mole in the Epitaph Warehouse, the Kings Road Warehouse. That, Ooh. Uh, says, oh, I got a hookup for that. Says business is brisk. Yeah, I, I think uh, we might have a, a friend of the room, Ack. Uh, real name held back. Ack Ill could uh, could give us some details. Um, oh, okay. What was I going to say? Oh, uh, uh, quick aside because it's relevant because we talked about how many jackets we. So, quick aside for both for all of us, we had talks about what we think was the best selling or quote unquote largest hardcore record of all time. Right. I have a new contender that I want to throw out to you guys. Are you familiar with the Beastie Boys record, Some Old Bullshit? Yes. Patrick? What's the one that I listen, that we listened to for the podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, no, that's, that's when they recorded, uh, you know, oh, in the right. 90s. Some Old Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some Old Bullshit was compilation of all their old EPs from the 80s. Okay. And was that on Grand Royal too? <sighs> I, yes, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, that was their label. And, yeah. yeah. But but uh, whatever it was, a Columbia or Atlantic subset. I mean, yeah, it was like a major label, but they had their own little subset. I want you guys to guess how many copies that record sold. How many, copies that, that record, how many copies that record has sold? It came out in 94. How many copies that record has sold to date? I'm going to say a million and a half. Not quite there, but Patrick? I was going to say uh, three quarters of a million. 
streams are lower than you or the the stream sales total is lower than you might think but it's still a brisk 387,000 but okay. additionally this is the the our our source on this thank you jay uh think of all the indie stores who carried this and didn't have sound scan has to have sold over 500k i have a feeling mm. for something that's unequivocally raw 80s punk hardcore uh, that that's probably the best selling thing that we can come up with. I mean, if it came out in '94, which is them at probably their height, just about, yeah. I mean, I was right after uh, Check Your Head, yep, and right around uh, the record Ill, Ill Communication, like, yep. They, I mean, that's like one of those things. Like, um, you you could put that out. Like, they could have put out anything, and they would have sold a bunch. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like they literally. That's why I figured one million wasn't out of con- out of the question, just because it's like, dude, you're selling fucking probably five million to check your head, or whatever the fuck. Yo, I, I had the exact same thought because you're right. Like, and if you look at it, it's ill communication comes out same year. Jesus, um, there must have been a lot of people going and checking it out first. It might. I'm try- I seem to remember there being pretty clear promo stickers on it that made it clear that this was not a hip hop record. Yes. <laughs> um, but that said, I, I have a feeling that definitely outsold set your goals. I think it definitely outsold stuff like Minor inside out stuff like the minor threat discography. So uh, that's just, just a quick sidebar into the beastie boys. Let's circle back extra grind podcast to social distortion and their fan base. Um, have you ever been at a social D show? No. Yes. Tom, give us give us the on the scene. I don't believe I have unless they played like, you know, Warp Tour or something, but that doesn't count. I mean, I saw them, yeah, one of those bigger things like that. And it was cool. Okay. Like the songs are good. I like the I just the crowd is just when you when you go I would probably recommend recommend going to see them in as part of a larger thing because it's diluted. Like the douche is diluted. <laughs> Um, I mean, you also have to deal with people that like fucking Attila or something, but like, at least you don't have, it's not, you know, fucking fully. Then I also, this is probably God knows how long ago now I paid actual money to go see Lucero and Frank Turner open for them. Oh, and as soon as Lucero's like, thanks. Good night. I fucking ran. Like I've never moved before in my entire life. (laughs) So I didn't catch a note of social distortion, but I paid social distortion prices because I wanted to see, um, Social D prices for Frank Turner and Lucero. Okay, that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Guys, give me give me a couple from you, and then we'll kind of hit Shane's list. What are some other examples where the fan base uh, made it hard for you to even give the art uh, a chance? Are we um, talking, can we go genre, or do you want specific bands? Wide open. Either either is good, because I, I, I've got the same some are just genre some are specific i mean i think to me like um for, for new york kind of person i always found like the abc stuff mm-hmm. like i was kind of like i don't really know if i like i like i as i grew up and i matured i got into it sure but early on i was just kind of like this is like too exclusionary and i'm not into this yeah you know what i mean like i didn't feel like i dressed the right I didn't dress the part for it, so Tom, I didn't. It doesn't get talked about enough. Like it, this would be interesting. I'd like to hear from our listeners that are from. <clears throat> if you're from New York, it would be ABC. 
the rest of the country, you're talking mostly basements. Gilman. Right. Gilman. Yeah, sure. But, but, but a lot of basements. Sure. Like did, did, uh, looking back on it to our listeners that were part of that, do you recognize that a lot of it was exclusion exclusionary? And do you kind of think that there was, do you still think that there was a purpose to that? Or do you think that it was just youthful, uh, uh, kind of, uh, tribalism? Because if you, if somebody writes us and says, well, look, the kids at our school that liked earth crisis were goons, you know, I, right. I we wanted to be able to go to shows and not get spin kicked in the face, which by the way, that's very quaint. I don't even know if people still spin kick at normal shows, but point is what's a normal show. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> point is I'm curious if our listeners own it and like it and say, look, yeah, it was dickhead little kid shit. But it was also what we thought we had to do at the time, and I'm not—I don't really feel torn up about it. Or if a lot of people kind of like look back on it and go, "Yeah, that was pretty lame." Probably kept out a lot of people who were otherwise good people that just didn't know how to dress or came in from the wrong shit or whatever. And yeah. obviously, that can apply to every type of hardcore, but certainly that that type of uh, ABC or or basement, whatever, it that had so much of that energy, Yo, which was. As someone who went to all those shows, I never felt like I was ever fully, you know, in the circle. At some point, I just didn't care and was like, well, fuck that. Like, right. You stink. You know, I mean, I'm not mad. Like, you have to grow into that, though. Right. I don't care if Dr. Punk doesn't think I'm punk enough to be at the show. That's fine. But, like, I'm not going to not wear the exact same clothes that I wore going to a fucking fast break show as I am going to. You know, uh, seeing you know dry rot at the at the smell. You know what I mean? Um, right. It's. Uh, I hope because you're totally right. That prevents a lot of people from checking out hardcore that they would like. You know, uh, I think that hopefully people getting to hear this podcast and it's also 2020. So there's a part of me that hopes there's a level of post that, but I don't think it is. I think there is still that kind of exclusionary aesthetic to certain, certain scenes. Um, but you lose a lot of people. You lose a lot of people who would be psyched and who would be positive contributors to something like that. uh, At the very least, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think about, like, my personal kind of experiences at places like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, of course, you look at us like we're a bunch of, like, dumb jocks. Right? I mean, for right. the most part. Sure, sure. We're meatheads. You like Marauder, you, like, break down your fucking meathead. But meanwhile, if you thought, like, like personally, band-wise, like, Rachel kind of towed that line. She was, like, punk enough to kind of make ABC happen. You know what I mean? Like, she, she would go yeah, see yeah, yeah. fucking it's, go it's fucking... Energy. Nausea and all that, yeah. Crucial chaos. Crucial chaos energy. She 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 brought in the credibility on that in that world. And she had dreads. So and she she had dreads. A dread reminder. Yes. Uh, Just in case, you know. But I think you know, or even like you know, I I don't know. Like they would ask to check for your email for your um, lyrics before they'd allow you to play. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which I mean is you know what it's a member like it's a membership place, and if you, you you can't you shouldn't bring in people that that don't represent or have anything to say against any members of your collective. And I totally understand that. I'll go one, I'll go one step further. Uh, it's, it's your place. 
Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, right. I, yeah, I don't you're even, allowed to do whatever the fuck. You, right. Yeah, I don't even get into all that shit. People can have their like, like I said, there's places of these types that I don't feel welcome in, and I never begrudge them because it's like, yeah, whatever. You know. I mean, the story. I so like the story. All right, you ready? <laughs> the story. I so I have two stories about places like this that are pretty kind of explanatory of like for folks that don't aren't necessarily privy to this sort of stuff. So, oh yeah, there's 100. There's people who are listening who maybe haven't experienced this. They might have an image, but I, I'd love for you to illustrate that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, if that's cool. So like most, they were they were both with both bands. So um, Indecision wasn't allowed to play there once because they were going to book us with um, a Christian band, and they assumed that like we would come in like all like you know both barrels Blair like we were going to start a fight with the Christian band, right? Which number one we would never do. Number two, the Christian man would definitely have whooped our ass. Um, no one is in victim. They would have fucked us up. So what am I? Uh, what am I gonna fucking be an asshole? Like, right, right. And it's and they were they seemed like cool enough, dude. Like I don't give a shit. Like whatever. Believe sure. what you want to believe. Just don't make it my problem, and you're fine. Um. So there was one thing like that. Then when we were trying to come back, we try. We were on tour. We tried to play there. Um. As most precious blood, they wouldn't let us play there because Trustkill had major label distribution not a major label but they had distribution like a major label right. we weren't allowed to play there weird we were like yeah. as we were like a hardcore band like we were the, as hardcore as hardcore could get we weren't allowed to play there abc no rio we finally get invited indecision in an entire career like you know never got invited to play we finally get invited to play um it's i think it was killed the man of questions last show if i remember mm. they headlined so we played. We're like, cool, man. Like, we're psyched to play. Like, you know, and I mean, at that point, you know, we had an LP out. Like, we would, you know, headline, like, crowded shows at CBGBs. Like, I mean, if we're being, for sure. if I'm being for sure. honest. You know, we drew a lot of people. So, like, for us to play ABC, it, for the people that like us, it's, like, kind of cool. It's, like, you're playing on the fucking floor in this fucking house for all intents and purposes. So it's, like, mm-hmm. kind of awesome to see us that way or whatever. And, like, they were, like, you know, we had to – um Ask for a lot more volunteers to come in to act as security because we don't know what's going to happen when you know when you guys play. Oh God! <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, meanwhile, like, you know, like we're the fucking meatheads. We're legitimately probably the five smartest people in the room. But you're going to act like we're fucking like idiots because we write like mosh parts. But like, so it was sort of, like it was that like we had to bring in more people. Like for us, we didn't even fucking headline. Fucking killed man in questions headline. Like, are you telling me you haven't gotten any fucking crust punk bands that get way more out of control than any MPB show could have ever gotten? Yeah, I mean, I I have a feeling that the tragedy show or <clears throat> Life's Halt, what happens next? Where, like, it was in the middle of July, and there were several hundred people in that room. Right, where you couldn't like it felt like you were crawling on top of people just to enter the room, you know. Right, with a floor that was about to go. Like, come on. Oh, man, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a that little, was like the sort of idea. Like, oh, still not, we're still not fucking invited, you know? Yeah, no, I think that energy is really rough. Um, and you're right, because it, it stretches out across a whole scene. And, and I think when you hit that once, you end up pulling back and going, all right, I'm cool with that. I, I'm, we got to I'm, do it once. I'm not welcome. Thanks. And then that kind of association makes it easy to not check shit out, you know? Right? Like that that's, oh, that's absolutely. part of and it. And that sucks. 
super sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't, you know, that would be another place to play in the city that wasn't CBs or like, or the wetlands. Like, that's fucking great. We'd love to do that. Or if we played with punk bands there that we fucking liked, and next time we got to book our own show, we'd probably book them. Right. And and you like you said, different experience. Playing the wetlands was different than playing CBs, which is way different than playing ABC. Do you get to oh, do yeah. that? Fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Patrick. Yeah. Well, before we move forward, I just ABC had me thinking about it. Are you guys familiar with the Gowanus Bat Cave? No, no, I knew about the Bat Cave in the city. We got thrown so, out of there. So the Gowanus Bat Cave is uh, uh, it was a transit power station, uh, and it's it's right on the Gowanus Canal, right? Like it's right there. Sure. And, and I guess everything Gowanus is on Gowanus Canal in some way or the other, but it's it's right there, and. Right, it's near uh, your Whole Foods. It's near my Whole Foods. Actually, it might be on the set of my Whole. It might be on the play, spot of my Whole Foods. Uh, but, <laughs> because it's been, I believe it's been torn down now. But uh, at any rate, it it was uh, out of it. It was like decommissioned in the ni- in like nineteen twenties and sat empty for a long time and then became a spot for squatters. Now, I was living in New York when it was still a thing, but. Firstly, I didn't know squatters were there, and I only knew it vaguely as a place that people would explore. You know, you know how urban exploration was like a internet thing in yep, the early two yeah. thousands. Remember yes, that? Yes. And still fascinating thing to do, to be honest. Uh, Absolutely. For anybody that doesn't, maybe I'm dated myself here, and maybe everybody knows what it is, maybe not. But it used to be a thing in the early days of the internet, or early days when everybody had the internet, to kind of like put photos of yourself exploring places that were genuinely cool back when the world was not completely mapped in every way, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Gowanus, uh, bat cave was one of those spots. Now, uh, here's just what I, I th- this is just a little thing. I was on the Wikipedia today. I wanted to share this. <laughs> it's <laughs> it still, was, there. Uh, still there. It, yeah. So, okay. Uh, squatters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Homeless, runaway teenagers, uh, community form. They got into composting, uh, blah, 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 right? Now, uh, I've stayed at squats, obviously, in Europe. They're slightly different there. I was I became acquainted with the, the squatters rules in uh, Australia today by chance. You guys might have picked up on the fact that I learn a lot every day. So... In between, I, yeah, flipping stock, yeah, yeah, between flipping stock. Right now, and, and right now, I got a thousand carts. Yeah, since we started on the Bat Cave, I put a thousand in Ethereum Classic. Is it going to pay off? Let's find out by the end of the conversation. So this is why, this is why we can't let you near the OTB. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. So, uh, okay, so I just found this interesting. It was purchased by some, you know, group of whatever, right? And and they start people were they were throwing raves in the spot and everything. But it was purchased by land developers. And if you see, they in nine or in uh, two thousand, they put it up for oh, they put it on the market for twenty seven million, right? Right. The, the following year, they updated the listing. Uh, to uh, that was in two thousand eight. So I want you to think about what was going on in two thousand eight. Sure. <laughs> 27 million yeah. during the worst worst economic, economic yeah. situation yeah. since yeah. the depression and the following year they updated the listing to say make an offer <laughs> which is never wow. a good sign yes. and eventually sold in 2012 for 7 million Jesus 
That is quite a different, you know, for anybody who doesn't remember, it's possible that, that the economic crisis did not impact you. I don't remember it impacting me at all, but although it probably did, I probably was like, didn't have an opportunity or two as a result. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yes. In I fairness, though, I probably wasn't. Jobs, yes. Yeah. I was going to say in fairness, though, I probably wasn't seeking out opportunities aggressively in that, the way I should have. Anyway, point is, <laughs> point is, the, uh, it is, oh, you know what? It is an, an official city landmark. That's yeah, it as of 2019. Look at that. So, you, so we could have, we should have ponied up that seven mil. Yo, this is like when Jay Z says I could have uh, had a spot in Dumbo. You know what I mean? Like for for three million. Like yo, th- we should have. Uh, anyway, point is, uh, it that economic crisis was worse than we remember. Worse than I remember. I mean, twenty cost them twenty million bucks. Yeah. So, so were you going to tell us a story about how you you went went there and there was a show or no? No, no, no. I, I just wanted to. Sh- I really just wanted to share that with somebody in my life. Okay. We appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, like, I went to a show there and I saw a fucking lightning bolt or something. Like, I was waiting. No, for- no, no. But you, you know who I saw actually, and I did not. I, it wasn't a bad vibe at all. But I didn't feel I got probably the same energy that you did at ABC. But I'm I'm not sure where this show took place. It was. Definitely New York, okay, or North or North Jersey. Um, mm. That doesn't help. It doesn't. But it was. I want to say it. It it was Zagoda. Uh, oh, that that's they played ABC. Uh, they also did you see him? Did you see him near Bard? Because I feel like they might have played one of those Bard College shows. No, this was. Uh, I never felt comfortable. I never felt comfortable with those shows. Yeah, um, but. Uh, that was its own scene, which by the way, uh, if there's a complete YouTube, uh, eight minute, uh, documentary on the rise and fall of power bottom that, uh, gets really into the bard scene. Um, <laughs> were so, they a bard band? They were a bard band. Did not know that. Um, so, uh, everything about it tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so uh no so you you felt weird at a good show all right patrick you're up next what what is an, a, a band scene or thing that the fan base uh puts you off um so when you when we asked this early the pre-pro for this i really thought we were going to get into kind of like broader political like ideas of like does this person offend me? Is that, I thought that that was the angle. So I'm a little ill prepared, but the actual fans, um, with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. 
For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Who out there? Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! So as a kid, and I think that probably a lot of our listeners are going to l- relate to this, I was, uh, I, the hard stuff appealed to me more than the soft stuff, but I wasn't built for either one. I, or I was closer to being built for the soft stuff, obviously. You, you know? So... Imagine being in that middle space where you you kind of, uh, you're you're just not what anybody in any specific spot is looking for. Well, I mean, I think I I actually had this conversation with someone. Uh, We all know the person who had no interest in the Hot Water Music Show, but was, was certainly equipped for it. But where they wanted to be was the Marauder show, and they were probably 60 to 80 pounds underweight for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great space to be. So that's where I found myself. And, and truth be told, I'm, I'm still to this day much more comfortable in a place where people are being drilled in the face over and over again than I am in a place where I feel judged, you know? And I mean, at my age, I'm comfortable basically in any room that somebody's not physically threatening me, but if you ask me which spot do I feel more at home in, strictly speaking, it's, it's definitely like, I'll always opt for the, the goon show. The, you prefer the risk rather than the judgment. Yeah. I, I, I think that there's something like you see me like recoil from the type, like people judging each other, like fucking turns me the fuck off. I think it's fine to have an opinion about people, but like the, the, the type of like, big assumptions about people's character and shit. Mm-hmm. I hate that shit. Like, <clears throat> like that's goofy. You know can what I mean? Think, so can you think of a show you, you were at where you felt that energy? Oh, I'm sh- If I thought about it, I'm sure. I mean, self-defense really straddles a line because we make music that appeals to a lot of soft people, but there's also like a lot of rough personalities in the band, you know? So, uh, yeah. so, so we've played a lot of rooms where, People like our band; they don't like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, Would they know your history? Yeah, like people. Oh, yeah, sure. P- there's people that straight up just 
like read on a message board that we were rude to somebody and then that's all it takes, you know? So I'm saying, like, they don't know like Benny being in other bands or stuff like oh, that. Oh no, or no, no. They, they typically don't, they typically don't know that he's got a, a goon pedigree, but <laughs> it, it, they just know that like, like, uh, I was rude to somebody. I was disrespectful to somebody, you know what I mean? Or, or, or story of my life, Patrick Kinlan, I was rude to someone. (laughs) I shamed somebody for stage diving. Oh God. (laughs) So so yeah, I'm, I'm certain that I've played rooms and I don't want to name them just because then it sounds like I'm not grateful. Cause I like, if you ever put us on, I'm grateful. I, even if you fucking did it with gritted teeth and you were like, I don't know. I, the worst, not the worst, but the most annoying is when I'll read shit like, yeah, I bought a CD from them and I heard the merch guy say, who even fucking buys CDs? So I hate them. <laughs> yo, yo, what are we doing out here? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's, they are your representative. Uh, for sure. And also, goddamn, buy a CD. It's helping me. I'm grateful. However, thanks, if it. Thanks, Brian Murray. If it turns you <laughs> off to a band, to like so, something like that, then it's like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you were really feeling the music all that much. You know what I mean? So I guess it's all right if you. Right, if it, was, it was on that thin, thin of a nice yeah. show. Like, yeah. So, Pat, if can I can I infer things for you? Absolutely. So this sounds like you're talking about Albany. Oh no, no, I'm not. That you know, but that you didn't fit in the basement scene. Oh yes, but, but you could get like rocked at a Stigmata show. Yes. So like you, you know, rather than walk into a basement on Lark Street and get stared down, you'd rather take your chances like with a dude named Tiny moshing into you. Yes. If there if there is like a, a choice of youth culture between uh, sour looks or smiles, but with the chance of catching one to the side of my head, 100 percent like. I'm not everybody. We've talked about this a million times. Not remotely tough, but like getting punched in the side of the head. Not that bad, guys. You know what I mean? Not that bad. So, so I would take it yeah, over. Yeah. I, I would take it. Well, it. well, it depends. Yeah, it depends on who's punching for sure. But sure. The, the the thing is that yeah, as a kid. Now, granted, as an adult, I've had near on twenty years of just like Google my name. Somebody's calling me a slur. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm, I'm pretty hard. My skin is hard now, <laughs> but as a kid, as a kid, you, you, yeah, I, I fuck your fucking judgment. You know what I mean? I'll go hang out with people that, that have a good attitude. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I've definitely had that, that track in my life. And again, at this point, I don't know, is this too magnanimous or am I supposed to hang on to bitterness? I don't, I'm not angry at a at a kid, you know what I mean? Like I'm not angry at somebody that was judgmental to me when we were 16. So there, there's no, there's no sort of anger here, but like if I thought about it, I'd have to say, yeah, I always give me, always give me the threat of getting punched in the face. <laughs> I'll take yo, it. Off. I remember everything. I keep it, ta- I keep it running tally. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yo, New York dudes and Boston dudes do. It is. I may not collect, but I know. I, uh, listen, I can't even joke with New York and Boston guys. You hang on to it forever. Exactly. <laughs> forever. It's like it's like a no joke sort of thing. We, hey, everybody, to our listeners from places uh, uh, that are not the Northeast, Philly has has its share of longtime grudges, no doubt. But New York and Boston, in particular, these two places, I've never seen men who are holding on to things for the greater part of their life. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> old it's, cities, it's, old habits, buddy. Yep. Oh, my God. And that's, you know how troubling that is for me because I like to joke, but not everybody likes jokes. And, and you got and, a bad and, memory. It's yo. <laughs> yeah, you won't even remember what you said when you're getting your fucking ass handed to you. I cannot tell you how often I've come up with that. Like Tom. being like, am I wait, am I in trouble with this motherfucker? What did I even do? And then you come across like the boyfriend that's like trying to get out of something where you're like, what did I do? I don't even remember what I did. And like, yeah. you, you know, Is what it I mean? the anniversary, what did I forget? Right, yeah. exactly. And they'll be like, you know, except when it's, you know, when it's a guy with like a, like the name Snake or some shit who's telling you, you know, it's a definite, different energy than. <laughs> Right, you're going back to your mental Rolodex. You're like, fuck, I cannot think of what I said. Let me give yeah. you a, a, a Patrick 2006 story, Tom. Oh, uh, working on getting end of the year all set on end of on on Revelation. It's a really funny story. At some point, I'll tell it. It also involves Patrick sending a uh, like the rest of the label dudes not being totally sold, and me being like, oh well, they're going to send some more songs. We'll, we'll play. It. Those songs are, are ones that Patrick went and recorded with a like sore throat or like yeah. was very sick. You've told this story. They just I've sucked. It's true. It sucked. It's they true. Were, it was, it, I don't think they even ended up on anything, which is crazy for you. But I had to fight against someone who was like, oh, that guy, Patrick, uh, I don't like him. I don't know about this because he wronged my friend and pissed them off. Da, 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 Never so met him. Didn't. But at the time, Pat was trying, was racking his brain. Couldn't remember if he did or not. Turns out it wasn't Pat, but yeah, uh, <laughs> never met this person. I know, really good. So, so uh, trouble so easy to find, as they say. Um, sure. So Patrick really is just saying he doesn't like being in rooms with people who don't like him or have beef with him. But if you want to punch him in the face, he's he's more comfortable with that. That's fine. More comfortable yeah. with that. If you can remind him why he's that would be even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him, give yeah, him that please. first. Do me the courtesy. <laughs> Guys, I mean, uh, just a quick, a quick little Reader's Digest, two sentences. You know, give him a thesis statement, then fucking punch him. <laughs> and it's totally cool. Oh, right, 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 my dude. Ah, oh. yeah. oh, my bad. Ah, oh, that's not. Ah, oh, listen, listen, that's not. What I, mean. <laughs> I, I, I could, I can play the entire scene for you right now. Um, <laughs> you guys got any other good ones? Because I'd love to read Shane's list because he gave a great, great synops and. Uh, has some bands on here, has some non-music stuff that I think we should just run through and talk about. If these fan bases yeah. ruin it for us. You ready? Yeah, I have Okay. You got some more, Tom? I mean, not they're not that important. I don't I because then I feel like I'm I'm actually grinding an axe. No, I know. People love us grinding an axe. We're not trying to. You no, know, like yeah. I've got some like ska punk scene. Yo, I actually yeah, that like was like somebody. I was going to say like the whole like the fat records scene. Uh, yeah, no thanks on that stuff. Depressing. Yeah. And I think to me, like, all right, and I apologize for those who are part of this, like the spiky jacket scene. Mm, yeah. I was kind of always turned off. Yeah. I mean, um, just because I was like, okay, like, I'm the dork because I have like a fucking Soundgarden shirt on, but you took four hours to get ready today. <laughs> well, and, and what's funny is. Like the spiky jacket scene, tough. The content is a little bit of a push off, but but like I came up in that world. What's funny is like I think people kind of because of some of the stuff I like, and because I was wearing a plain, plain blank hooded sweatshirts and was straight edge, like 
that I was exclusively going to youth crew shows. No, I probably went to 10 times more street punk shows, you know, right, like right. spiky punk, which, yo, if you're the, the like straight edge looking kid at those shows, you're getting a side eye, <laughs> you know, um, some of the music good, that probably has a worse ratio than hardcore at large. Like just even, even like you straight edge hardcore, like, for every one good spiky punk band or band who plays in that scene, there's 15 bad ones. Um, The look is bad. Fat records, I think is harsh because it was like such a vortex in the nineties that we casually throw things in there. You know, I think all three of us just cause it flew too close to the sun. Like, Oh, Oh, that was sort of related to that. No, thanks. We had oh, a sure. very, we had an ardent um, peg boy defender hit our email, Tom. I saw that. You saw that said, uh, yeah. we should check out the strong reaction record. I told him we would. Um, I said, I don't have a big love for some of that Chicago sound. You have a little more of a soft spot. So, so that's, that's on our, our two checkout list. Um, yeah. And I think to me, it's sort of like, and it's funny because like, while we're, you know, I'm here, it's like the hypocrisy of all of it. I'm here being like, the guys at ABC know Rio don't think I'm a real punk. But then I'm going like, this fucking idiot who's listening to fucking Wizzo is not a real punk. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how the fuck? I'm no different. I'm still an asshole that I go like. Yeah, oh, no, we're all, we're, we're all turds in our own way. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, that's like the most basic punk. No, it, it, exactly. You, so. you know what I'm saying? Like, you listen to fucking me first and gimme gimme's, you're a dork. But like, meanwhile, the guy, you know, the person that loves fucking you know, citizens arrest is looking at me like I'm a fucking Neanderthal because I like fucking Marauder. Right. And, it, and I like the basic, you know, I didn't dive any deeper than tough guy hardcore. Yeah. Meanwhile, that, I'm going like, really? Then there's a dude who's looking at that guy. Who's like, you don't even, you know, you don't even have the import. You don't even like killed by death power pop singles. Right. And then there's the dude who's like the indie guy. Who's like, you only like that stuff. You don't like their their post wave records from '85. You know what right. I mean? It just circles all the way around where the person yeah. looks to the left and goes, whatever. That said, I think we can agree on certain fan bases that are rough. Bring it. Um, and I want your you guys. Let's uh, let's do this. Uh, CrossFit. Shane saying awesome. CrossFit. CrossFit fans, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Not that I'm in any jeopardy of joining. No, you know what though? I will say because the newest version of a CrossFit is Peloton people, and I got love for them because they they like are so positive about it. I'm not turned off by it. Very cultish. Very cultish. Okay, you're not wrong. For some reason, I'm I'm like positive about it. The CrossFit thing because maybe it was more tangible. Like, like yeah, just going down to the CrossFit, gonna throw this tire around for a while. Mm Yeah, run with something over my head for yeah. I mean, I get it, and I quite honestly like it's fantastic. It's fascinating. I mean, like the folks that are like the champions that like you know like like Eddie Powers. Like, I want to be the best at working out. The folks that work like that win those like championships and shit. Like, both. I mean, their bodies are like fucking ridiculous. Yo, how much money? Both you guys. How much money would you pay right now to have like that? the, The like perfect sculpted uh body whatever your you, version of that is you make so far pat on on your uh <laughs> on your uh doge 
at this exact moment, I shifted from uh, Ethereum Classic to Ethereum. Wasn't the best move. We don't know if this is going to pay out for us, fellas. I'm going to take us all of our listeners on a wild $1,000 ride. Let's see how this goes. I'm currently tanking, taking a beating, but I think I can feel it, fellas. I'm on my way back to the to the good foot. Jesus. So you put a thousand real U.S. dollars in there. That wasn't like a thousand dough coins. Bucks. No, uh, a thousand oh, U.S. dollars. I put my money where my mouth is, Tom. Um, pa- Bob, I would spend. I think. Like, well, how much work? How like, much work? Uh, no, you don't have to do any work. You put yeah, the you money just, and it's like it. you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning. <sighs> I mean, I would if I could if they were like, yo, you can get paid. You see, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that because I feel like I, I, there's people that do that sort of stuff and just like, you know, yeah, get fi- things fixed and all this sort oh, of stuff. Sure, but sure, sure. No pain in that. Like, I feel like some for someone who's overweight, like they give just be given that you won't actually respect it and you'll just True. if unless you could promise me i would never go back yo that's the hard part i would rather be like back, right i'll give you you could take a year off from work oh okay yeah and get paid you know like your salary to, or to whatever get yourself like into a year year's worth here you're you're 40 hours a week working on yourself yes like with a fucking trainer or whatever i would do that in a heartbeat yeah i think i'm with you that's a good spot for it i think if i was given a year i could get to where i want to be like it's just I mean, 40 hours a week do it for okay. a living like that's awesome like our yeah. friend Vinny panza like he's in fucking insane shape he trains people so like while he's showing he's working out as he's teaching people yeah he has to he has to be in that shape. you know what i'm saying like that's you know like if i'm helping anyone i'm not raising my ass off the chair you know <laughs> like day trader patrick how how's your physicals right now how you doing you getting you getting good still oh yeah i'm been slacking i'm a beast okay all right. Well, so we're we're all kind of out on CrossFit. Patrick, you were not as out, right? No, I'm not out. Okay. Fuck. Uh, <coughs> Nightmare Before Christmas fans. I'm out. I've dated a few. Not great. Uh, I'm out. Uh, give me real goth or give me death. Yeah. Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas is that weird, like, hot topic version. Like, not, it's like worse. It's like Spencer's gift version. I'm not in. Yeah. Hey, I'm out. This one's going to ring true for for our buddy Pickle Pat. Rick and Morty. I'm in. Yeah, I, I, totally I, out. I like Rick and Morty. It's good. Sorry. Fans are fucking obnoxious. The fans. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably great. I'll, I'll, I'll get a Pickle Rick tattoo for one. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I mean, as someone who's outside who never caught the wave, you guys are the fucking worst. No, I'm with and I'll never watch it. Because oh, you guys- oh, Tom, you, Tom, you're robbing yourself of an experience. This is your Godfather 2 moment right here. It, it yeah. is guys, very you funny. You guys are like the fucking wire people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everyone talks about it that I go, I don't think, I, I don't know. I've gotten through one season because people are so fucking annoying how much they love it. Yeah, they need they need to pull the expectations back because I think the wire is, uh, I, I watched and fell asleep through large parts of it and thought it was pretty good. Who's fine? Best show ever on TV is everyone. What everyone tells me. Not my top five. Um, Rick and Morty might be higher, so I'll let people wow. crucify me on that. See, however, how however yeah. I rented a car from a kid who was wearing a Rick and Morty like purple T-shirt and a neon green Rick and Morty flat brim hat, 
and uh, part of me just wanted to die. So no, oh no, I love God. that. That's your that's your people. Yeah, drug 100%. drug church fan or self defense fan. It could be either. I'll I'll, I'll accept any Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> uh, Star Wars fan base. Pretty hurt. It's no Rick and Morty. As a person who grew up loving Star Wars, oh the fans are fucking atrocious. The fan base of Star Wars can be rough, but uh, I appreciate the passion. I, I think... No, you know, right. Like, I don't. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> You're over the no, passion. No, no, no. no. I, don't, I, think, I don't appreciate passion on like that level for anything. No. Calm the fuck down. Life what about is not hardcore? That yeah, relax a little bit. Right. Um, a little bit. I think don't make Star it your whole Wars, shit. No, I think the Star Wars, the, where where I think, because I was thinking that the passion that is like the people who are building out these like Star Wars, the Wikipedia, that kind of crazy shit. What I'm what I'm not into is the the Star Wars like like literally a pin drops on set and there's a Twitter thread about it or or like the ones who get real real wrapped up in like attack like dogpiling on these people. Like that's pretty rough. So and look, I, I guess I'm out on that. Yeah, I mean how they treated um what's her name? Kelly Tran? Yep. Yep. That was her name, right? I believe that played, so. Um, Rose, like, give me a fucking break. And how they treated, um, I always call him Finn, but his name is not Finn. Uh, John Boyega, John Boyega, yeah. It's like, give me a fucking break, dude. Like, what is wrong with you, motherfucker? Like, after that, I was kind of like, oh, and then the idiots that are like, here's the, the six different, um, you know, views of when Han shot Greedo <laughs> <laughs> 1977 from the Blu ray, and here's from the you know, the laser disc. And here's the new one that's on. At, but have you watched the new one that's on um, Disney Plus? No. Because all right, I'm just going to take a You're turn. It. I love it. This is funny just because it's funny. So like they're standing and they're like going back and forth and and um, it, it, it goes ra- like radio, like dead silent. And Greedo goes McClunky and then shoots him. Oh right, the McClunky thing. Right, right, it's right. It's fucking right. hilarious because it's so like a like it's they definitely like had some dork in the fucking recording studio like yes. last year being like McClunky. Yeah. Like it's Patrick awful. they added in an audio part that Greedo says before the shot is fired. And I hear McClunky and I think of that band McCluskey. Remember the band McCluskey? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, that's what I think of when I hear McClunky. <laughs> I never heard. I have no idea what McClunk. Tom, you're like sending me on a ride. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna send you the video after this. You're gonna be like, oh my god. Yeah. If you if you Google McClunky, it'll you're you're gonna have a a trip because um, there'll be some dork like, well, actually, they said that in the fifth episode. Oh, you mean um, YouTube user Hello Greedo? Oh my god, it was changed again. Video six minutes and thirty eight seconds on what can't be more than a fifty second scene. Oh, if that. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, as Star Wars fans, uh, there's a level where it's too much. I agree. Um, well, I think I might have it. Can we can we listen to this? Of course. Give me one second. Sorry, bam for a second while I put while I, I catch up. Uh, sure, Patrick. What's your relationship with Star Wars? I uh, really enjoy uh, the first three films, uh, and uh, think that the that's where you stop. The think the prequels are are fun in how trolly they are because they're pretty trash. Mm-hmm. 
the most recent round, I'm always shocked that people really hated the one that I liked. I, I liked Rogue One. Rogue One's fantastic. Rogue One's arguably the best movie of all of them. I thought they liked Rogue One. They hated Solo. So Solo gets hate. Rogue One got weird hate, but then it slowly started to turn because people realized, like, hey, this is just a good movie. Like, you don't even it, have to really yeah, start with it, that. You know? It got hate, it, Tom. So Rogue One, the the two slams against it are that it, it's no impact because we, we knew what was going to happen yeah. before right. it started. Yeah, but I think that's like such a crock of shit. It makes me mad. Like, hey, everybody, I just write comic books and video games. I'm not, n- nobody's hitting me with a Pulitzer anytime soon. But let me just say, you know the ending to every story. Every story in the world. You only know, like you, five stories. Yeah, it, 100%. If you, here's the thing, guys. If you can't guess how something ends, that probably means it's written poorly. You know what I mean? Because that means that it's taking wild leaps in logic that wouldn't even occur to you. So, and this is such like a large universe. It's kind of cool to see how they got to. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind that at all. But see, so I pulled up this this YouTube yeah, yeah. with the McClunky thing, and the first first comment is from George Lucas. <laughs> it says, "I'm altering the cantina scene. Pray I don't alter it any further." I hope that's actually fucking. Right, That'd be funny. Yeah, that's his troll account. But it's an, his, his troll account is just him. It's just George Lucas. Are you ready? Nobody would guess. For my dead body. Uchlenuma. Chess Pokotuda. Please, that Kanko. Oscar. Yes, I bet you have. Makanki. I love it. Oh, fantastic. Makanki. It's so 80 yard on. It's fucking terrible. Um, I just I just made I just made another ten, fellas. So that's oh, McClunky. McClunky. Um, <laughs> we're gonna start getting audio drops, and we'll have that in there, guys. Uh, oh, what dude, about we, need one more. we really need some audio drops? What do you guys think of the fan base of Sublime? Not mad. I, you know, I don't know if I could pick them out of a lineup. I mean, is there like I feel like it's like oh cool Santeria. It's it's. I think this is a city insulated thing because I don't think this is like ca- the Sublime fan is a California or suburbia thing. Yeah, 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 exactly like, right. It really and that's is. like the whole Sublime with Rome thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, sublime fan base can be rough, but but did I also love a lot. Of did you hear that Ro- that Rome was like twenty three when he started? Because that's what I heard. No, I heard something recently. Fuck about Sublime that someone helped like write some of their music mm. and like owns a good portion of the band. And that's why they don't play as sublime. Oh, uh, I, th- I thought it was a, not like a beef. I thought it was with the wife, but yes, uh, the Brad's wife, I believe. Yeah. But here's Maybe the thing. What it so, but a lot of times the story that we get is not the story. So it's entirely possible that they just said, yeah, we really want to respect Brad's legacy because we respect his wife so much. And meanwhile, they're like, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to play there's like six songs we won't play because we don't want to hand that money over. Right, you know? over to, yeah. There's a lot of, um, hey, hey, everybody in the, in, in our listenership, the official story is usually fake. Yeah. So Facts. my whole, so with them, like, all right, so I only saw, I saw them once with Brad Newell mm. in Asbury Park, actually, of all places at uh, Warp Tour. Yep. Yep. Second Warp Tour. First Warp Tour with the uh, quicksand headline. Was it 95? Yeah. 94, 95, 95, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I, whatever, 
I can't say I've ever seen like Sublime with Rome. They seem to play very big venues, so I'm sure their crowd has probably gotten to that obnoxious like hippie phase. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, but I could be wrong. Yo, so uh, their fan base has, but also has gotten younger. So there's still the teens. There's still the teens and like just post teens who it's like at least at the Jersey Shore who are fist fighting on trains on the way to see Sublime and uh, Sublime with Rome in Asbury Park. Fantastic! I'll send the video. Yeah, I love those. Those are always Incredible. fun to be on the train. <laughs> yeah, not great for you, I'm sure. I'm gonna check to see. Hold on, let's see if Bad Fish still has a career. <laughs> um. So I guess we're, we're none of us are fully there with Sublime. Their fan base, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. Um, all right. Also, did we know? All right, Sublime with Rome is a musical collaboration. Did we know? So the singer's name, singer and guitarist, is named Rome Ramirez. Do we know who the other member of Sublime with Rome's name is? You know, do you know what his name is? No. Eric Wilson. Yeah. No <sighs> shit. Yo, is Eric Wilson in the house? No, he's hiking a mountain. No, he just came. He just came in. Do we need him to talk? Yeah, so let's let's see. Let's get an official. Is he a fan or not? Because his age range hey, is Eric, interesting to me. I saw him posting in like a like an LA version of a Bodega, and I was like, "Yo, does Pat make him leave when he's recording? <laughs> like, get out! That'd be so. Do not use the fucking Wi-Fi. Get out of here." He's like, "You got to put the switch down. It strains the Wi-Fi." That's wow, still he, one of the he best. Just, that's he just the, sounded so tired. It's one of the best. See, I thought Sublime with Rome yeah. was literally just Sublime. Like how they do like Queen with Adam Lambert. Yeah, I thought that too. I'm wrong. I don't think that's the case. We're, hold on. Let, let, let me let me prep Eric right now. We're talking uh, bands with fan bases that have turned us off from the band. Right now we're talking Sublime. As a fella who is ska adjacent. Uh, do you like Sublime, which has some of that same crossover fan? Nah, I'm from New York. I never really got into Sublime. That's right. Okay, it's did you know? Right. Seven. Fuck that. Did you know that the other member of Sublime, the one, I guess the other the Not guy wrong. guy, is named Eric Wilson? Oh, the the bassist. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, it's just one of the only notable Eric Wilsons in the world. There you well, go. Besides me, number two in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I just uh, want to point out that uh, in 2006, the the Sublime tribute band Badfish played 152 shows. Uh, it was selling just under 100,000 tickets and grossing 1.4 million in sales. That's incredible. Jesus. <sighs> the dream. Um, okay, guys, we're moving on from Sublime. Are we ready to move on from Sublime? I guess. Yes. Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> it's oh, pretty prohibitive yeah. fan, fan base. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll say those first two records, yep. fucking great. Yep. Fan they, base over I mean, the years, oof. What? Oh, yeah. I mean, like when they were like a fucking. I mean, they were like a skinhead band in the beginning. Yep. One hundred. You know, and like they were great. Saw them with AF. Like I saw them with a bunch of. I think, quite honestly, the song that you played earlier when Pat was doing his fucking terrible brogue. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's what actually like broke it for that for the rest of us. Yo, Maybe a little bit before that, but I feel like that was like all right, it's they're not a punk band anymore in terms of like their their global reach. They, those still dudes are still fucking punk and fucking hardcore dudes from Boston. Yeah, but their crowd's not remotely punk anymore. No, their their crowd is is pink hat Red Sox fans, um, white hat 
Red Sox fans. The novelty color Red Sox hat uh, singing Shipping Up to Boston, which, by the way, I like that song. Sure thing. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, the, 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 the fan base is rough. I, I don't think I would even check out one of their other records from that time, from any time after the ones that I like, because the fan base got so sour. Ugh. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Marvel movies. Marvel movie uh, fans. I like the one nobody likes. Which one? Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. It's fantastic. I was going to say, of course you did. It's great. I think it's really underrated. It's the, it, To me, it's the only one that's like an actual story. It's cool. I mean, obviously, I like the Captain America movies more, but it's like, I, I think Doctor Strange is like a very fun, self-contained kind of uh, learning to find yourself again story. Great. I, I like that one a lot. I think... Uh, uh, Winter Soldier, very good. Winter Soldier is the best one by far. Yeah, Winter Soldier is very good. There's a few others that are very good, um, and the ones that aren't. As somebody who has a seven year old child, it's like crack. That said, I I guess there could be a world where those fans are annoying, but I don't. I'm not a witness to it. Any anything. I mean, where it's like one tenth of the world, right? Anything where there's a fan base where somebody could be wearing a. a wacky colored flat brim hat of it i'm like 15 percent annoyed but like yeah. so you hate like the cookie monster yeah yeah, yeah. yo literally things i love i love uh, there's i i could literally sit here and talk to you about the value of dan green as an inker for the uncanny x-men but when i see the like x-men spencer's gifts red hat with a yellow x with the sticker on it i'm like no nah, it sucks i don't think maybe maybe just everything's awful i don't know um, so the Marvel movies, yeah, they're fan, if there's diehards, I guess maybe they're a little annoying, but I'm not, I'm not killing them for it. Um, only a few more here, guys. Might as well hit this one. Earth Crisis. Does the Earth Crisis fan base? Uh, I, I, clearly, it doesn't turn you off, but does it turn your stomach a little bit? Is there, was there a point where it did? They got some Punishers in that fucking crowd. Yeah, but I think I think it's softened over the years. It has for sure, one hundred percent. You know, I mean, like ninety six, ninety seven, we were uh, we were probably insufferable. No doubt, twenty 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 one. Is is it? Are they really that offensive anymore? Yeah. I wouldn't think. No, they'd have to. Like, you know, people aren't going to shows now to fuck with Earth Crisis. No, the, the top one percent of any of these things are are rough, but you know, I, I'd say post. Yeah, man, no, no. Um, Joe Rogan fan base, horrendous. I, I straight up don't understand the grievance here. Like he's a talk show host. What fan base? You know no, what I mean? Because, do you no, know? He, do you not talk oh, to on. enough people? Because I've never, I've never in my life. I've listened to probably thirty hours of Joe Rogan in my life, and I've never so like two episodes. I've, I've yeah, a few episodes and I've never met I, in my life. I've never met a Joe Rogan fan. I know people that listen to his show because it's mass media. I've never met. You're missing out, man. Dude, <laughs> I know people yeah. that have literally made life changes. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Because, like, all right, me and me and me and Bob have a friend mm. from Long Island. Mm. Mm. Dude is probably a year or two older than me. Hmm. He broke straight edge at like 43 to start doing mushrooms mm. because and like DBT, like DMT stuff because of Rogan. 
well, every idiot that gets in a fucking in a in a uh, a deprivation tank. I would like to try it, but if it's people do it because he no one fucking did that before he started talking about it. I, I mean, I want to do, 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 do it because of LeBron. Deprivation tank guys, yeah, that's true. Um, so those guys, the guys are like, you should do DMT, open up your fucking mind, maybe smoke some ayahuasca, whatever, however you in, ingest ayahuasca. You know, the he's kind of there are so many people like that are not. They may not. They may know that it's like, as Patrick says, gauche to like admit that you got this from that dude. Yeah, but they definitely got it from that dude. Yo, uh, he he has a cult of like full blown like just normal people who who listen to him. Like like one of us would talk about listening to fucking Minor Threat Records, man. Like like there's people who subscribe wholehearted to what he has on as a palette of culture at large. Hmm. And and that's why like that's why the conversation of it being like, yo, he has some pretty shit dudes on there. Like, oh, okay, you could you could get this. He has I think he might have a more dedicated listener base audi- audience as lis- as dedicated, maybe as fanatical as Howard Stern in the late 90s. Even uh, more yeah. yeah, well, I'll say maybe not fanatical, but but certainly as dedicated. Uh, and I by that I mean like you don't have nobody's running up on TV reporters yelling "Baba Booey" because of uh, Joe Rogan. No, but, but what they're doing is changing their life <laughs> and doing things and like right. And I think it's even worse. Yeah, yeah, that's the it's fanatical more invasive. Thing yeah, wow. yeah. Like I think like everyone's like oh you know like. How many people do you know that are like obsessed with fucking Stern and be like, I tape all the shows and I listen to them again or like any extra content. I'm fucking, you know, I'll pay for the Howard Stern channel. Remember when they had him like they would reshow the show, like all that sort of stuff. That's one thing. Like this dude, people would be like, I believe what this guy is selling and I will change like the way I live my life. Because this guy said it was cool. Well, and what I think is even crazier, because I don't disagree with that is that I think a lot of times he has guests on with the idea that he's presenting uh, a variety of different ideas and interesting people saying things that might be interesting or crazy or just weird, but he just wants to to serve up this poo-poo platter of, of things and that there's a lot of people who totally misread that as him just full on vouching. vouching, which yo, in some cases he might be. In some cases he might just be trying to have good conversation, but but they're taking appearance on that show as like full fledged, like here you go. And I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of media sometimes. And oh, it's, it's really wild. No disagreement there. It, it's just we get into like that social responsibility conversation that you can guess where I fall on that. But it, it's uh, it's tricky because. Who do you blame for the most credulous morons in your listenership? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 well, that's why we're talking fan base. Like, like I'll be honest, Joe Rogan is a, probably the best example of anything we've talked about today. Because, like, you know, I don't hate Joe Rogan. I, I don't. I don't care. even. I, straight I don't up, even, I don't even. Understand, I don't understand how anybody could have a strong opinion about it. Correct. Exactly. Right? So I don't. But the fan base around it, as like Tom and I are talking about, like I've met people who feel so strongly about it. Then I'm like, oh man, and and like to me that like mis misinterpretation and like misread where I'm like, whoa, 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 you're you're like going out on a wing here, 
because you heard some shit on a podcast? Damn. That makes me I think sometimes you. he comes across he's woefully misinformed. And like it, 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 it I mean, just as much of you like, you know, Pat, like you blame fucking Rachel Maddow for like this is no different. Oh, well, also like he's woefully in, he says this stuff and then like it's but, uh, proven he, pr- like, he, nev- wrong. he never purports to be a news outlet. You, you know what I mean? But it, also, but like people believe every fucking word that comes out of this guy's mouth. So if he's saying something that is demonstrably not true, it's actually a fucking problem. Sure. I listen. There's no denying that if somebody is taking someone, uh, it's cultish wholesale and the person right. is saying something that is potentially dangerous. Yeah. That's a problem. I don't, I don't begrudge anybody that argument. What my only question is, what do you do? No. <laughs> because, because the man is not like, yo, I bet that there is somebody like possibly a German who takes everything John Joseph says as fucking gospel. John oh, Joseph is people. not, He's not a news outlet. It's not his responsibility to be truthful or not to be truthful, to be factual. So like, it, it, who do you blame? You know what I mean? Like it, it, that's, that's my question is I don't, but when you have it. that much reach, you owe it you, to people. To, Tom, you to, can't to, owe it to people to be right all the time. Or to be as informed as you can be. Things change. Sure. But, but it's, think about it. That's just a human being doing a talk show. The idea that he would have to be at all times informed of the latest developments in anything on earth, that would be like putting it on us. I'm sure there's people that take us very seriously. It would be like putting it on us to, to know everything that's happening just in case we talk about it extemporaneously and somebody listens to this even a month later. Well, let's, Uh, let's, let's pivot it off of ourselves because I think there's a good parallel here. The way people resonate and hang on what Joe talks about, who Joe talks to, the things they talk about, it would be like if someone was doing that with Jimmy Kimmel and one of his late night shows. Yeah, it is. And that's, unfortunately, it, it, exactly that's how it sounds what, to me. Right. But the unfortunate problem is because of the a lot of the types of guests that he'll have come through, that blurring of the idea, like he's never purported to be a news outlet barely an editorial outlet he's trying to do a talk show yes but the problem is in the current climate and the way people digest things more people are getting their information strictly one sourcing it like mainlining it from there that's fucking scary I, I, okay, and uh, I'm not refuting that. If no, we're just that, saying that yeah. it's a problem, I'm with you. If yeah. uh, it's it's just when we get into who to blame for the problem, I don't know. Right, right. No, because I think I think that misunderstanding from people. Because I like yo, I've never thought about that that way till we're you know going through this right now. If we put him closer to a fucking Jimmy Kimmel or a Stephen Colbert, et cetera type hosting a talk show with guests his his segments are much longer etc it's it's to blame to the the audience and then the question is does the does the creator change the the work based on how the audience is interpreting it right i don't i i I don't think you can i don't think you can run a a life like that no well I, i know i think it's a crazy i think it's a it's a crazy thing to think like, like the idea, like, yo, uh, people start hitting each other with hammers 
when Drug Church plays this song, clearly you guys don't want people hitting each other with hammers. But like, does Can that mean you stop playing that song? Do you do you change the song? Do you change the lyrical content to say don't hit people with hammers? You know, it's the interaction between audience and and work or art or craft or however you want to put it is really interesting right now. I, I mean, this is to me a conversation about social responsibility that's, that's uh, been put on celebrities for since I became conscious of celebrities and it, it, you know, I can, I can get my defensive bag because I, I want everybody to be responsible for their own brain. But if the, it, it I, like I said, I got a cop to the fact that just because I, I might arrive at a different place with who's to blame. doesn't mean it's not a problem that people are not, they don't know how to come. They don't know how to process media in any meaningful way. And there's just huge swaths of the country. Like for example, Tom and I have got into it about, about stuff like Fox news. And it's like, he's not wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, no, like yeah, not at all. News, Thanks, Pat. Like, well, you're not wrong. F- Fox news provides people this comforting fiction all day, every day. And that doesn't mean everything they've ever said is wrong. It just means that they shape a, they shape a news narrative to fit their audience. And even our Fox news listener or viewers of which there might be a couple in our audience, they would all confess that it's maladapted. You know what I mean? Like it's not good, strictly speaking. So I'm with all of that. I just don't know who to fucking blame for dumb people. No, I, I agree. And, and like, yo, I don't even, I don't even know what the answer is. Like, should, should an artist change what they do based on the way the audience reacts to it? Uh, my, my immediate gut reaction, my knee jerk is to say no, but there's a lot more to it than that. And so, yeah. And um, of course, uh, of course, like when Tom and I clash on these topics, it's usually because he's looking at the greater good. And it's like, if your goal is the greater good, then there's no doubt. If you're singing a song that causes people to hit each other in the throat with a fucking like tack hammer, then, you don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Back, we mentioned blacklisted way earlier. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There, there you go. And, and I was out of the, off the, you know, people were at, didn't know how to act, so they didn't play it anymore. Yeah. Right. And now, now I don't know. I, it, I was going to say, I don't know if I'd make that same decision, but I would, if I was blacklisted, because that's not the type of band blacklisted wants to be. I, right. I, and, and, and so you do make that decision because it's, it's only reasonable and it's what you should do. But let's say that, let's say that I'm, for the sake of argument, let's just say I don't value my my audience at all. I don't respect them. I don't think they're like I, I don't give a shit if they live or die. Right? That's not the case. I like yes, I yes, like yes. the audience for both Here's, my bands. But for, let, let, for for argument's sake, for argument's sake, like what is it? My job to fucking not have them hit each other in the head with a hammer? You know what I mean? Is that is, is, is am I getting paid for that in some way? Like yo, I'm just out, up here doing the thing that I like, and people happen to hammer kill each other, like. I don't know. I just don't, I, I, I don't know what the answer is, is what I'm keep coming back to. And, uh, I apologize to our listeners that might've uh, tuned in today, hoping for an answer to this is uh, a 2000 year old question. <laughs> we only have a couple left here. Uh, Barstool. not hot button issues like Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Barstool sports. Oh, wow. <laughs> from, oh, one to, from one to the other, Tom, we I couldn't know. have picked a, another one better than that. <laughs> Okay. You no, know, but but we're talking about fan base. Barstool sports fan base, uh, pretty bad. Pretty douchey. Yeah. yeah pretty it's, like it's pretty, intentionally douchey. Yeah, yeah, like Jimmy Kimmel man show douchey. Yeah, it's it's very yes, retrograde yes. in that respect. It's very man show, like aura. Yeah. 
You like, we're going to end with women jumping on trampoline. Like, it's fucking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, let's say it like that. It's it's pretty dated uh, for a thing that is current. Does that sound but fair? It, ser- it serves a very special. It scratches a certain itch for certain people that miss the man show. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? People that are like, and with all this fucking PC call, try and miss when you just could call a lady a bra. Like, that's what they're for. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And I'm more open to that stuff than than probably you two fellas because I think yes. that because I think that that's not inherently wrong to have like, okay, this is just what those people enjoy, and that includes plenty of women. That's just what this particular crowd enjoys. I, I don't begrudge them that. Uh, that said, I mean, it's a pretty tacky vibe, you know? What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We can, we can do better even, even for that stuff. Um, three more, uh, Kevin Smith. I'm not mad. I grew up in that era. I'm not mad at Kevin Smith. I, mean, I, I, I love the Kevin Smith stuff. It, it's funny. Like one of my, you know, re- revisiting one of my favorite movies of his now and not, as the fucking 20 year old. Yeah. Chasing Amy hits a lot different now. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. at the time, the movie's fucking great. I knew like you couldn't just like convince someone to change their sexuality even then, but like it making the Holden McNeil dude out to be like some like sad bastard when he was like kind of, he was a complete jerk off. Yeah. Uh, you, you see that now that, and I might not have been as, as knowledgeable and kind of cognizant of that in 1995 or whenever the fuck the, the movie came out. Um, but I don't even know if he has much of a fucking fan base anymore. I feel like, like, his I feel like fucking, yeah, I feel like a fan, his I mean, fan this, base is, it's like making fun of the amount of people in a seven 11 in red bank. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if like none of it, I mean, when was the last time he had a movie that like hit big? Yeah. It's been, uh, to quote, to quote a classic new metal band. It's been a while. Uh, it Dream Theater. Dream Theater fans, not mad. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're. I this mean, is a better. This is for our podcast from 1984. Yeah. Um, uh, and finally, um, I mean, that yeah, probably under was pretty great. Oh yeah. Um, they're part of the Trans Siberian Orchestra, or they were at one point mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I don't, I don't. Quite honestly, I don't know anybody that likes Dream Theater. To that, to any extent that they could be annoying. Yeah. Uh, the Big Lebowski. Pretty annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really ties the room together. Yeah, I get it. Shut yeah, the fuck it, up. it can be kind of annoying for sure. I mean, they open. Do you, do you guys remember? Up until relatively recently, there was a store on Thompson Street directly across from Generation Records called the Little Lebowski. That was a full store based on the Big Lebowski. Tom, I'm going to ask you to stop. <sighs> yeah. The owner. That tipped it. <laughs> you know, the owner who ran the place. What do you think he wore every day to work? Oh, God. Uh, a fucking cardigan? Oh, uh, a robe. A robe. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Robe. Sorry. He dressed like the dude. Yeah, of course. What else and like anything. I mean, this was like Kiss and Simpsons level of garbage with just the Big Lebowski on it. If they made it, he had it. I'm surprised. Yeah. Like it was like the kiss coffin. It was ridiculous. You know, you know what? Not mad. 
this is the the situation where when you beat something to a dead horse, like it's it's too much. I'm I'm out. I'm out. I was at first I was I was like, eh, I'm not that bothered. I don't come across that too much. Then you started talking about the little Lebowski, and that, that's enough. Um, yo, guys, that was it for that. Let's let's end on a high note. Um, okay, please. Let's take us all three of us to a good place. We did get lots of positive feedback on our late '90s teen romantic comedies. Uh, buddy of the show, Dev, hit us. Devin said, "What about these?" And I'm going to read them to you, and then I'll send back what uh, what I responded. Um, road trip. Oh yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. fun. What tier? We're not God tier. No, no, no it's, it's canon. It's canon. It's B, it's B tier, but it, it's not. It's not being kept out of the room. Uh, fits. No. It's one of the last of the genre of the time period. Almost feels like the college teens from the high school hits. Like they, it's it's yep. the older side. Mall rats. Speaking of Kevin Smith, great movie. I don't think it meets the teen criteria. I I fucking love it. It doesn't quite meet the teen criteria. Yeah, I said uh, on the line. Not mad at it being grouped in. Uh, I think it doesn't hit the teens. It also, to hit this, it needs a little more wacky, good-natured hijinks. Well, you want to talk about things that doesn't age well, not because of the politics of it, but because it's just a different comedy era? Holy shit. Try try showing that to somebody that's like 22. It's not going to fucking pop. Yeah, it's a very different time. Um, Angus. I've never seen Angus. I, I I feel like that's not teen. Co- it's it's like it's almost too teen. Yes, that was nailing yes. it. I said falls into the tween slash pimple jam movie genre. Good, but lacks the sex appeal that we need for the yeah, true. teen comedies or senior year comedies. Yes, yes, yes. they got to be a little blue. Yes, they, there's there's something that's just you know, it, it's it's exciting. It's it's more adult than like. Zoinks! Oh, I fell off my skateboard. Like, yeah, yeah. come on. Uh, suburbia with Steve Zahn, because I was thinking of Suburbia from the early '80s. Uh, suburbia. I don't 19- know Suburbia with Steve Zahn. Uh, me neither. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Okay, Tr- I, I do remember Suburbia when I was a kid. Yes, the punk fucking one. Yeah. So we, I remember being like, "What am I watching?" We need to check out Suburbia um, from 1996. Trojan War. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Gem. This is that's I've never even heard of that. Not familiar. Same, completely unfamiliar. So uh, again, maybe it's on the watch list. Varsity Blues, top, very, very close to top tier. I've never seen it. Oh, oh Tom, yeah, it's, you gotta watch it. It's a it, it, bro, <laughs> bro. Really, dude, James Vanderbeek. What? What's his his big quote? Is so good. I'm going to live my life. It's like, it's so good. Fuck. Um, no, 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 no. It's, I don't want your life. Yeah, that's it. I don't want your life. It's so fucking good. Um, 100% in, leans to the drama side, but still plenty of hijinks and teen sex appeal. So shout out Varsity Blues. And finally, whatever it takes. Are you guys familiar with whatever it takes? No, 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 you guys, it's, um, uh, Shane West, who is a frequent star. Oh, James Franco. Okay. Marla Sokoloff, who you'd recognize 
Jody Lynn O'Keefe, yep. who you'd recognize as well. Uh, this is a good one. This is later. I got nothing. Um, this is later. I said it's hundred percent in. Um, it's it's probably it's like B C grade, but but like I'm happy James Franco made it into the late '90s rom coms, like teen. Yeah, so uh, we we have some more homework to do, guys. Um, late '90s teen. There was one. Are, yeah, please. Are you done with that list? Yeah. There was one. I don't remember if I saw it in the email or in maybe the DMs mm. that they brought up that I completely blanked on and I wholeheartedly and I would say this is top tier and I would love for you guys to to tell me if I'm out of my uh you know out of my out of my mind doing this. The movie accepted? Oh. I don't know it. I don't know it either. It's it's uh Justin Long. You know Justin Long, right? Yep. yep. Justin Long, Jonah Hill. It's Adele. It's oh, a Dal, bro. Okay, I know, I know this. Justin Long, um, they make a, a fake college. Yes. So the only thing with this, released in 2006, this is part of a new wave. There's okay. a little mini wave here that circles around what's the McLovin movie? Uh, Superbad. Superbad. So this is later, but yes, Justin Long was involved in a few of these movies. Justin Long, who's his uh, his lookalike that we know? Uh, me. No. Fucking Dave Shapiro, homie. Oh, yeah. He does look a lot like him. A lot like him. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, so shout out Justin Long and Dave Shapiro. All right. That movie. So you're saying, is that one we need to watch, Tom? It's I really enjoy It's super funny. Right. So like they, he like didn't get into any colleges. So he makes up a fake. He like they, talk, they take over this like the uh, abandoned building and they make it into a f- fake college. Go on. It's back it's South Harmony Institute of Technology. <laughs> shit um and then like just they fill it with like all these randos that didn't get into college it's pretty funny it's really funny all right i'm, I'm looking it up accepted movie streaming let's see where it's streaming this will help me decide amazon amazon prime we're in um it's on the list for this week um all right yo uh, thank you guys we'll catch you on the flippity flip thanks everybody mm-hmm.